Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 7th of February and as usual, with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only, so please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the PowerPoint slides here and read the disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast, then head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer in there. All right, well, an interesting night, I guess, once again in the US markets, uh, very much dominated by the jobs numbers, which saw a big, big, big increase in those jobs in the US, and we'll get on to that a little later. But that was certainly the dominating factor. And once again, we've seen serious volatility back in the US market. We had the Dow Jones down 21 points, or 0.06 of a percent, in a bit of a late sell-off. Uh, there, 35,090, so just holding above that 35,000 level. The NASDAQ, though, fared far better at 1.58%, 219 points to 14,098. The S&P 500 up 0.52% in the middle for Diddle, up 23 points, 4501. But it really was about those US jobs numbers on Friday, and it was a very, very strong number, 467,000 there, although with the participation rate up slightly, that did uh, affect the uh, unemployment kicked up a little bit to a headline number of 4% from 3.9%, but still a pretty bullish number and revisions for the previous months as well. So, of course, uh, that did play into that narrative that the Fed may have to rise Uh, raise rates sooner rather than later and maybe even uh, go harder earlier to get the inflation number under control. We do have inflation numbers later this week from the US. As a result of all this, we saw the SPY futures drop 41 points or 0.58%, 6,993. But given the SPY had a pretty miraculous 410 closeout on the chocolate wheel on Friday, we went from up around 15 points to up around 40-odd points. Uh, then it's hardly surprising that we're going to see a little bit of give back there on our futures market. So it'll be interesting to see how we go today. We have had ANZ results today and also James Hardy out early, which looked to be pretty positive. So we shall take that into account. In the VIX index, down 1.4.64% to 23%. So despite all the volatility we are seeing in the US markets at the moment, big, big, big swings, we're not seeing it really translate into the VIX index, which is kind of interesting. In commodities on Friday, Brent crude doing well, up 2.37%, 2 $2.16, 93.27. looking as if it's being drawn like a sort of a tractor beam towards $100 at the moment. WTI oil, 92.31, up $2.04, 2.26%. Gold had a better night, up 0.21%, $3.70 to 18.07, spot 8.0. And iron ore, uh, up a smidge, 65 cents, 146, 60.45% uh, better. But obviously, a lot of disruptions to iron ore trade due to the Lunar New Year. In other commodities on Friday, copper was pretty much unchanged. Nickel was up 0.7, aluminium up 1%, zinc up 0.1, lead up 0.25, and tin up 0.43%. Miners overseas, we had BHP up 0.6%, Rio up a similar amount, Freeport up 06 as well, Alcar up 24 Tech up 13 
Anglo up 0.2, Glencore up half, and Vale up 2.5%, with Albemarle up around half a percent there. <coughs> Here you can see the S&P 500, and you can see that late sell-off. Uh, I guess uh, just book squaring perhaps in front of the weekend. Maybe a few nerves about what could happen over the weekend, of course, with Ukraine still front and foremost of some traders' minds in the US. But it was really all about those jobs numbers in the US. Much likelier to uh, trigger a 50 basis points lift off in March, uh, according to some analysts, but not according to others. It does expect to underpin uh, rate hikes for most of the remaining seven meetings this year. And not, says the ECB, can start tightening as early as Q4, see second rate hike in spring of 2023, given the ECB is seeing elevated inflation across their region as well. Uh, you'd have to think that maybe Q4 will be Q3, but we shall see about that. Bank of Japan may have to soon step in with an emergency market operation to dampen external upward pressure on the 10-year JGB yields. And central banks set for the biggest tightening of monetary policy since the 90s. Global average interest rate of 2% expected at the end of the year. And Q4 earnings calls highlight solid demand, persistent inflation and supply chain pressures and the lingering impact from the pandemic. And they also suggest labour and supply shortages, transportation bottlenecks and COVID all likely to persist into the second half of the year. Any China slowdown, of course, could weigh on the global economy, but won't derail it, according to some economists. What to expect today? Well, we've got retail sales for the fourth quarter, ex-inflation, January jobs ads, and Chinese Kaishan PMI. Also, as you have heard already, the index of the SPY futures were down around 41 points, but we did have that big jump on Friday afternoon at the close. So giving some of that back may not be quite as bad as that. We did have some James Hardy numbers out this morning. Uh, they did up guidance now in the range of 6.20 to, 7, uh, to 6.30. And the North American fibre cement segment, net sales increased 24% to 645 million US dollars odds. So a pretty good number coming out of James Hardy. That may be enough to uh, help some sentiment in that building sector. Of course, on Friday, many people probably had a bit of a heart attack when they saw the borrowed share price, which did go X, uh, their capital return on Friday. But I would expect a pretty weakish and muted start to the week. And we may see a little bit of interest in those oil stocks continuing as oil marches ever higher and maybe targeting 100 bucks in the next month or so. But at the moment, certainly there should be some interest in Santos, Woodside, uh, Beach Petroleum, etc. And maybe Karoon, still looking to take some profits in Karoon in the small cap portfolio. If they got back up to 208, 29, 210, that kind of level, that would be uh, my sort of signal to take a little profits. In yields, this is an interesting one. You look at the US yields up 1.91% for the 10 years. Australia, 1.96%. That gap has closed dramatically. Germany, also 0.2% positive. We've gone from minus 0.32% at its lows, I think back in November, December. We are now 0.2% positive. And the amount of negative yielding bonds around the world has collapsed. At one stage, it was around $17 trillion. Now it's pretty much line ball. So big, big uh, change in the narrative there in interest rates. And certainly in the US, 
uh, catching up with Australia at the moment. In those tech stocks on Friday in the US, a little bit of interest. Snap was up, uh, certainly snapped back up 59% near enough, and Pinterest was up 11.2%. Other tech stocks, Apple down 0.2%, Meta down 03 after that massive fall the night before. Uh, Google up 0.14%, Microsoft up 1.6%, Amazon had a good day on the back of those numbers that came out after hours, 13.5% to the good. And U.S. banks also doing well. J.P. Morgan up 2.6. Citigroup up 2. Goldman's up 2.4. Bank of America up 3.98. Wells Fargo up 2.1. And Block doing well up 7.2%. So maybe some reprieve there for, and certainly hope helping our banking sector and, of course, Block SQ2 here. Those uh, numbers in the U.S., though, 467,000 U.S. jobs added in January. Uh, December was also revised. Unemployment, though, rose 0.1% to 4%, but the participation rate rose 0.3%. So some still pretty, pretty bullish numbers from the U.S. on Friday night. ANZ, we've got their uh, first quarter uh, results out this morning. Uh, They were out pretty much first thing. Structural headwinds again uh, playing its part. Uh, The net interest margin has lost 8% basis points for the quarter, but the application process, which ANZ had been struggling with in terms of those mortgage applications, does seem to be back in line with others. So they've done some good work there with the application process. Whether that's enough, uh, we'll wait and see, but that nimmed down eight basis points for the quarter. I guess the good news was there was no bad news, so that is good news for ANZ. Uh, We did see Westpac last week doing relatively well, And, of course, we've got CBA results this week as well. Macquarie is looking for $10 billion for an America's infrastructure fund. And the European Union may be planning to toughen its methods for measuring carbon dioxide emissions from plug-in hybrid cars. That would be interesting if they did clamp down on hybrids. Uh, That would just push the the surge in electric vehicle sales in the uh, ECB, or the EU, rather. Uh, and uh, obviously help the um, the optimism surrounding EVs, lithium, battery tech, etc. Sirar, though, looking to tap the market for around 250 million bucks to fund a processing plant in the US. So that's quite a substantial amount of money for Sirar. Their graphite coming out of uh, I think it's Mozambique and Hamish to replace this chairman of of Magellan is the story with another Hamish. So they're swapping Hamishes. That's uh, quite a rare feat, I would say, in uh, Australian corporate life to swap one Hamish for another Hamish. But uh, we're going to get a, a McClellan for a Douglas, it appears. Uh, Hamish McClellan coming from, uh, he's currently the chair of REA and has been around a while. But that is the scuttlebutt coming out this morning. And Di and Durham has been having talks with Pexa about a possible buyout as well. And interestingly, for the free-to-air TV stations, total television advertising revenue for the six-month and 12-month periods to December 31 soared. Good for, obviously, nine entertainment and seven media, climbing by $2.2 billion and $4.1 billion respectively, compared to the same periods in 2020. And, of course, in an election year as well, you do tend to get a little bit more advertising spend come through in those free-to-air Try and reach as many people as they can with those uh, political ads. So it might be uh, continuing to be a relatively good year 
for the free-to-air TV stations, of course, 9 and 7 West, the primary benefits of that. Question of the day today, uh, Facebook days numbered. Have we seen peak Facebook, if you like? Uh, Certainly, we did see uh, active users falling and uh, the latest numbers from Mark Zuckerberg. And clearly, they're having to reinvent the company to some extent and shift it towards the metaverse, much as Microsoft did some years ago when they reinvented Microsoft and going from a license kind of orientated company to the software as a service company that we know today and embracing the cloud. So the question of the day today, are Facebook days numbered? Many of you, I suspect, probably don't even use Facebook. Uh, Certainly has tailed off in popularity in recent years, especially with young people. But are we seeing the demise of Facebook? That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the Marcus Today uh, Facebook discussion group, just talking about Facebook there. Three and a half thousand members. Members helping members is the motto there. We also have Ask the Analyst on Friday with myself asking, answering any of your questions at 5.30. You can register for that. Uh, take your questions live and uh, we can answer, well, we try and answer anything on anything uh, that uh, is on your mind, whether it's a stock-specific, sectors, performance, whatever it is, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, there are three other podcast themes and uh, streams that we offer. There's the Marcus Strategy podcast, there's the On the Desk podcast, and there's an On the Couch podcast. At the moment, we have been trialing uh, the uh, Morning Meeting podcast as part of the Marcus Strategy podcast, where we are basically recording our morning meeting at around 10.30 and uh, some of the issues that we discuss in that meeting. So it's a bit of a fly-on-the-wall, I guess, uh, look inside the Marcus Today team, what we're thinking, what we're talking about, and anything else that is on the horizon for us. So good to tune into that. And uh, this week, I've also got Marcus on the couch answering your questions. So if you have any questions... By all means, email them into me. You know the email address, henry at marcustoday.com.au. And I will be actually asking the boss, even if they're awkward questions, maybe I'll ask him what the price is of a litre of fuel. But I suspect he'll know that one. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening and have a great Monday.